0: Why wasn't there room for them at the inn? I think there's a lot of possible reasons. There was no room for them at the inn or at any of the houses in Bethlehem. Part of it may have been just malice. I mean, there might just be people that are full of hate and just don't want to help others and just want to see other people suffer, maybe. Maybe there were people that just saw this this man and, this girl who was pregnant, and she's about to give birth, and maybe they just aren't like, you know what, I want them to suffer. Maybe there are just people in the world that just hate God. It's possible. I don't know if that's it's that common, but it's possible. But everybody in Jerusalem, sorry, everybody in Bethlehem, being that way, having that kind of character, I find it really unlikely. So it's not just that. Maybe... Everybody there was a narcissist. They just only cared about themselves. They never paid attention to the needs of others at all. Probably a lot of people were, probably some of them in Bethlehem had that kind of character, they were that way. Um, And so they would have not even noticed this poor family looking for a place to stay just because they were so obsessed with themselves and what they had to do to kind of elevate themselves in the world. Maybe. Maybe a lot of them were also just greedy. They know that if they take somebody, maybe he would have to put them some money. I might, you know, maybe the innkeeper, if he was gonna take in these people, maybe he would have to take paying customers and put them out on the street or something like that. And that would have gotten, you know, these are paying customers. This family is obviously very poor. They wouldn't be able to pay us, maybe. So maybe greed is another one of the reasons why But again, everybody in Bethlehem being that... I don't know. That doesn't seem right to me. Why am I asking? Well, we act as if... As long as I vaguely love God, as long as I vaguely think I have faith. Oh, I believe in God, I have faith, I love God. As if that's enough. But there were people in Bethlehem that loved God and they completely failed to help Joseph and Mary and they completely lost the chance. Imagine what a chance this would have been to have the son of God born in your house. There were people that loved God that completely missed out on that chance. So if we say, oh, I love God. Okay, so what? Sorry, that's, there were people that loved God in Bethlehem that completely failed at that opportunity to help Joseph and Mary and Jesus. And well, oh, I, I care about others. Okay, good for you, that's better. But there were people that cared about others that completely failed at this. They didn't even notice, they didn't even see what was in front of them. Oh, I give, okay, great. We should all give. That's something that's a a great virtue. But there are people that were generous, that were not consumed by greed, and yet they failed in that. The Son of God was not born in their home, even though they believed, and even though they cared about others, and even though they they weren't greedy and they were open-hearted people. That's not enough. That wasn't enough. And everybody in Bethlehem failed That means it must be something a lot more common. And and I kind of ask myself, okay, how is it that I can fail in the same way? I can ask that so I can avoid it. How is it that we can fail in the same way? Well, obviously, if I am malicious, if I am completely self-obsessed, if I am completely greedy, well, yeah, I will lose God in that way. But even though I'm not all of those, I hope, there's still something missing. What was missing? And I wonder if the census that was happening at that time gives us a little bit of a hint at what was happening in, in the minds of the people in Bethlehem. I think a lot of people were coming into that city because of this because of the census, that had, you know, kind of what was happening at that time. What was distracting? Well, just sort of normal business day-to-day stuff, but it was just kind of an intense time. Everybody was showing up, everyone was worried about this thing, everyone was making sure they had to kind of do what the government was asking them to, make sure everybody was taken care of. I don't think it was out of only selfishness and greed and malice. I think they missed out on the Son of God being born just because they were busy with good things, with fine, with holy things, but they were busy. And I think I miss out on the Son of God, on noticing what somebody like Joseph and Mary might need. I miss out on that. Not just out of malice or greed or something, I miss out on that just because I'm busy all the time. And it was the shepherds who had, I mean, yeah, they had the night watch, but what's their job? They just kind of watch animals. It was it was the shepherds that had the time, had the leisure to listen to the angel. Honestly, maybe that angel appeared to all kinds of other people in Bethlehem and they just didn't notice because they were too busy doing their day-to-day stuff. God created the world in six days. The whole world. And then he took a day to rest. He doesn't need that. You think God needs to rest? No. And he created the entire world. And he's telling us, I made the entire world in six days. And I took a break. Who are you and what are you doing that's so important that you can't take a break? He made the whole world. And he had a day off. And I get it. I get the economy. I get we live in California. It's horrible. It's hard to live here. I get it. But, like, a couple minutes every day, a couple minutes, just stop, rest your mind, shut everything off, and just just for a couple minutes. Just pray for a couple minutes so that you can have the, the sanity that if God appears to you, you'll actually be able to notice him. One, God did a whole day. Okay, I get it. Sometimes we're busy and there's businesses and whatever, and sometimes Sundays are the, the busiest day. Okay, fine, an hour. An hour a week. One twenty-fourth of what God asked us to do when, we, when he said, this Sabbath is holy. One hour to just put everything else aside, whatever it is. And if it's drama and it's family and it's this happening and that happening and business and this and that, whatever it is, you can spare an hour and be here. Just put God in the center and forget about everything else. Let your mind rest a little bit with God, who is our rest. Why? I mean God you think God gets something out of it? You think we're making God's life better when we pray? When we come to church? No, God's God's perfectly happy. Why do He command for us to rest? For and He all of God's commands are for us. And He knows it's not just malice or selfishness or greed that ruins us, that, that breaks our lives, that breaks our hearts. It's busyness. And we all like, you know, we all work, and I'm as busy as any of you. And I fall into this mission, temptation way too often to just, even if I'm not working, I'm worrying about work. And even if I'm not doing something, I'm thinking about what's the next thing I have to do. When do I get to rest? It's on me. Nobody's going to give it to you. Nobody's going to say, oh, you know, I think you need to, to stop and pray, and I think you need to stop and take a break, I think you need to stop and breathe. No, you have to do that. And you have to do it, out of obedience to God. You have to do it because God commanded you to do it. You're not, doing, you're not spoiling yourself. You're not doing yourself a favor. You're obeying a God who loves you and who gave you this command. Why did he command us this? So that we can have a little spot in our hearts, a little room. He doesn't want the entire inn. Mary and Joseph didn't need the whole hotel. They just needed one room. God doesn't need... he he doesn't want he doesn't call all of us to just forget everything don't do anything just pray all day there are nuns and monks that do that that's beautiful it's a beautiful life but most of us including myself can't live that way he doesn't want it all he just wants one room one room one, one place in our heart that belongs only to him that Sabbath moment in our heart and when he comes down upon the altar and the bread and wine become the body and blood of christ he wants to live in our hearts he wants there to be a place for him mary is not just this woman that lived a couple thousand years ago now she's done she's alive she's there in heaven body and soul and she's praying and she wants to give birth to him in our hearts as well the way she gave birth to him in bethlehem and she wants him to grow but if he's going to grow, that means that he has to have a spot in our hearts where he can grow. It means he has to have a room there where he can live and live all the time. And So brothers and sisters, as we receive communion today on, on Christmas, make a spot for him, make a place for him. Not just today, not just on Christmas, not just on Christmas and Easter. Every day, make a spot for him in your prayer. Every week, make, make time for him to come to Mass. You and your families. So that he can grow and so that he can transform our lives and so we happiness and rest in him.